All right, so I'm not going to make the same mistake I did last time and say, how you doing? I'm going to say, praise the Lord, church, instead. <laughs> did that once, and my parents won't let me live that down. So, instead, praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. So, I just want to start off and thank Pastor for allowing me to come up here and speak tonight. He has no idea how much fear he struck in my heart the morning he texted me and asked me to preach. <laughs> I woke up with a start, and I was up for the rest of the day. So, just wanted to get that out of the way and thank him. <laughs> we love you, Pastor. Love you. I've never had a pastor that has loved me as much as this man has loved me. Even down at IBC, I had Brother Galleon and Brother Henderson, who they still text me every once in a while and just see how I'm doing. But I've never had a pastor love me as much as Pastor Arthur has loved me. So, thank you, Pastor. You could turn your Bibles with me to Matthew 28, 19. It's a very uh, common verse of Scripture that many of us know very well. But there's one thing I really want to hammer on with this passage. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. So the title of my sermon tonight is called Ready, Set, Go. Right. So you may be seated. Yes, I have that written down in there because I almost forgot. So how many of you, when you get to a stoplight, light turns green, you sit there and you wait? You just sit there. Besides my mom. I know... Myself, I see green. I'm like, all right, I'm going. I don't care if the car in front of me is go- hasn't gone yet. I'm going. Did that once, caused a car accident. So I have not made that mistake twice yet. <laughs> Keyword there is yet. But when you see green, you go. So real quick, I want you to put on your uh, spiritual we- reading glasses. And let's read this verse again. First word, Go. I'm going to say that with my uh, God voice, that nice baritone voice. Go. (laughs) That is the first command that we see in this scripture. And so, go, you obviously go. You don't sit there. But I also see a second thing in there. It says, teach all nations. The New King James puts it, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So for most of the New Testament, you can interchange, teach for disciple, because that's what disciple is defined at, it is teaching. So you might ask, how do you make disciples? You have throw down Holy Ghost Church, right? Uh -uh. Wrong answer. Too many times we as Pentecostals, we think of discipleship and we say, all right, let's just have some amazing church tonight. No, okay, we have some great church. That'll just bring the crowds in, right? I know for a fact that if I weren't in the church and someone mentioned to me that someone's having a Holy Ghost throwdown, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled church, I'm going the other way. I'm going to be a little creeped out by that. So obviously, that is not what you do. So, and I can't even find in the Bible where it says that, where they had good church and everyone just showed up. There was some work involved with that. So then what is the answer? It's one word. It's called relationship. 
you know, you see that person that you sit next to every day in school, you know, that person at the lunch table or in your math class, or that person you work with on your job. I know, for me, I'm a stockman. There's one person I always work with every day. His name is Gavin. And, you know, you begin to cultivate that relationship with them. And you begin to work with them. And you become their friend. You begin to plant seeds in their life. It's seen that guest in the church that you've never met before. And you sit across the aisle from you and first time there and you just, Hi, how you doing? I'm Josh. It's nice to meet you. It's good to have you here. That is what, that is what we are called to do. Amen. That is how you make a disciple. That is how a relationship starts. You don't just stare at someone. Obviously, Samuel's sitting there a little awkward now, just waving at me. Obviously, there's not going to be a relationship that's going to be started there. So I have to talk. Samuel, how are you doing today? I'm Josh. It's nice to meet you. You doing good today? No? Okay. We'll move on. <laughs> so, and after church is over, especially if they have the Holy Ghost, you go up to them. You can't just leave them home. You can't just let them go home by themselves. You can't expect a baby to walk out of the hospital by themselves and be able to thrive and survive. Once they receive the Holy Ghost and are baptized, they are now a new babe in Christ. You can't just expect them to then begin thriving off of that. You need to work with them. You need to teach them. And that teaching, when they, in the Bible it talks about they have milk. Milk, that's the teaching. You know, you can't just give them the meat yet the meat they get by themselves. That milk is us teaching them. And so, lost my spot in my notes real quick. Yep. So, and also discipleship is not, you sit them down, you got a clipboard out, and you go through all the verses of Scripture, and you say, thou shalt not. You know, you do this, you do... You don't do that and stuff like that. That's not what discipleship is. It's you take that person, you just go hang out with them at a Burger King or a Starbucks. You just cultivate a relationship with them. You don't even necessarily have to talk about the Bible. You just begin to get to know them. They begin to build trust with you. I know Brother Henderson still texts me every once in a while. The other day he texts me and just asked me, why don't you just go hang out for a bit? We don't have to, we don't have to do much. Just hang out. Let's go, just go get something to eat. Let's go play golf. And so that's what being a disciple is. Now, there are a couple examples of discipleship in the Bible. Paul, he had about 16 or 17 people that he personally discipled. And they went on to then disciple others. And that number grew up to about 40. So you may be asking, how does that happen? Well, when you disciple someone, you cultivate a relationship with them. They begin, they then see that vision and they go get a disciple. And so then that number multiplies. We just played a game today, like Hunger, Hunger, Hippo in Sunday school. We had four people at each of the corners in the gym. <laughs> Jaden remembers. So and what they did was they had to go out and tag people, bring them back to the corner. And now both of those people are it, and they go tag people. So that one became two, that two became four, that four became eight, and so on. And that number quickly grew until, obviously, all the kids were tagged. 
But those 16 or 17 turned into 40 because each person continued to go out and disciple people. And obviously that number didn't stay at 40 because they continued to go out because obviously we still have the gospel here today. So it did not stop there. So what happens if you don't disciple and you just decide to just go out, witness to someone and leave? Most of the time that person isn't going to come back. They're just going to stay where they're at because they're not going to understand really what's going on and they're not going to want to. So, and obviously after you die, you're not going to be able to witness to anyone anymore. It, it's done. That legacy is over. But when you disciple and you pour your life out into someone, they then, after you're gone, they continue that legacy. They continue pouring it out. And that's how the gospel gets spread. So, you know, what's a good way to do this? P7 groups. CMI groups. Just start a Bible study with someone. That person you work with, ask them, hey, you know, you've been asking me some questions about the Bible. Mind if I teach you a Bible study? It doesn't have to be very long. It doesn't have to be extensive. But why don't we just teach you a quick Bible study? So, and I just want to do one quick thing with you guys. I just want you guys to close your eyes real quick. Just imagine a huge courtroom in Caesarea. Just this huge building, gold everywhere, so obviously this is Bible times. They got money for those courtrooms. And you just see Paul just, just sitting there in some chains. And then you see King Agrippa walk in. And Paul is witnessing to him. He's, he's under trial, and he's talking about God and all the stuff he's gone through. And King Agrippa replies, Almost thou persuadest me to be a, a Christian. Almost. Imagine Agrippa dies, and he stands before God, and as far as we know, he was never saved. And God casts him from his presence, and for all of eternity, he hears the word, almost. Just softly to his ear, almost, almost, almost. And it's not going to stop. He's going to continue to hear that forever and ever and ever. Yes. Now, I want to read you what the NIV says of this verse. Then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? I read that verse today, and it hit me hard. He had such a short time, and he asked me, do you really think in this short time you can persuade me? And I began to think of all the people out there. Do we really think in such a short time, a short two-minute time span, that we, can, that we have to witness to them, that we can just persuade them like that? Yeah, there are times where we can, and we'll witness them. They can receive the Holy Ghost, but then after that, what happens? It's done, and they have no more connections. They have no idea what to do. You know, let's say you someone gets filled with the Holy Ghost at Walmart, and you don't connect them with the church. They have no idea what they're doing. They're going to go to a church that they find, and they're going to tell them, no, what, what happened really didn't happen. That's not really how it goes. You need to begin to disciple them. You need to connect them with your pastor. You need to connect with them on a personal level. Give them your contact information. Check up on them every, every week. Just send them a quick text. Hey, how you doing? I've been praying about you lately. Want to come to church with me? And you can't just base your progress and your success on how many people I bring to church. Because you can bring people to church and they cannot be affected at all. It's about how close are they with Jesus. Because we can plant the seeds and that's all we're supposed to do. We're just supposed to plant the seeds. God will bring the increase. It may not come in our time. We, not, we may not be the ones that will help them grow. But if we plant the seeds, God will bring that increase. 
So, I want to leave you with this. We're in revival right now. It can't just stay here. They're not just going to just show up. We got to put forth work. There's a quote I heard. It said, work as if it all depended on you and pray as if it all depended on God. When you combine the hard work and the prayer, God's not going to leave you stranded. He's going to bring it. So your stoplight is green. You can't drive a parked car. Go out and make disciples.